Welcome to Design Lessons, the podcast where we design our teaching days to be fulfilling for us and irresistible to our students. I'm Dr. Michelle Schmidt-Moore, and instructional design is my superpower. Each episode, we will take actionable steps to create great teaching days. We'll focus on mindset, real-world opportunities, and critical and creative thinking for us and our students. So, whether you're on your commute to school, walking your dog, or doing the dishes, let's start designing. Hey, designers. I'm an educator just like you. And particularly right now, that comes with inherent stress. And I call the stress, it the stress of uncertainty. It wasn't until two days before I was slated to come back to school that I learned that I would be teaching virtually this year. Now, it was something I asked for. My district has a virtual school that this year, in response to COVID-19, has opened up to include K-12 instead of only high school students who want to pick up a class or two. So it's a huge undertaking for the district, and it's clear that we're building the plane as we're flying it. We are indeed right smack in the middle of innovation, and that's just the way it has to be right now. And I have no doubt that everyone in central office and in each individual school and for whoever is leading us in this virtual school, everyone is really trying to create the best experience possible given such short notice. And I know this because I've been in all of those shoes before. I've been a curriculum supervisor in central office. I've been on a team who's created a virtual high school. I've worked as an assistant principal, as an instructional coach, and at the heart of everything, I am always a teacher. I say this to you not to give you my resume, but to tell you that it gives me perspective. It gives me empathy without really having to try very hard because I've seen this puzzle of education from so many different perspectives. And I heard a lot of frustration today from teachers, from parents, from students, because not everything is working perfectly. And what really broke my heart was Brian, this kid, emailing me to say that he couldn't get into our virtual learning system and to please help him because he didn't want to fail. We are all feeling it. And again, it's the stress of uncertainty, that newness that's making us feel so fraught. You know, and it's also the pride we take in our work, students, teachers, and administrators alike. We like it when we feel like we're doing a good job. And who doesn't? It's just the presence of these overwhelming number of unknowns that make it hard to feel like you, like I, have everything under control. And right now, our educational community is really sitting in this land of uncertainty coupled with everyone learning something new. And that can really poke holes in our confidence and our ability to meet the needs of our students. So let me tell you a story. A few years back, I borrowed a class Um, You met Michelle Hazeltine in episode four. And if you haven't listened to her episode, go back and give it a listen. 
Michelle is a magical teacher. Her students really respond to her. And because, as you heard in that episode, you matter is the core of her instruction. So she had invited me into her room several times that year. I was working as a curriculum supervisor during that time, and uh, Michelle was going to be doing some professional development elsewhere. She was going to be leading some professional development that we had developed for our district. Anyway, I had done many lessons with this, these particular set of kids. I'd been in this classroom a few times that year. I conferred with them one-on-one. I knew this class of students, this community of writers, very well. And one day, I came to teach and work with the kids, and we read an article about how teenagers nowadays are really not rushing to get their licenses. And I shared with them about how my youngest son had waited several years past his 16th birthday to get his license, and about how when I was a kid, getting your license was the thing you did on your 16th birthday. But that, like, now, you know, it's not as important because kids can connect with each other so easily over, you know, a screen, just kind of like we're all doing right now in the midst of this um, crisis, right? So anyway, you didn't really need to go anywhere to hang out with your friends. That's what this article was about. So with this class, we were doing some really sophisticated nonfiction reading work. I was teaching them how to annotate a text. I demonstrated with the cute symbols that you use and how you write in the margins and how you're really starting a conversation with the author and that you are you know, able to push back. You have to believe everything that's in the text and you can ask questions. And you know what? I was met with a massive wall of resistance. Kids who usually shared did not want to share. Kids were downright adamant about not doing this work. They couldn't have been more resistant to this lesson. I was pulling teeth all period long, at least until we moved on to independent writing, a territory where we had already established a routine of rapport. And so the next day, I debriefed with Michelle, and I was truly reflecting on what could have gone wrong. Students who had a good relationship with, like I knew them, could not have put up a steelier wall during the mini lesson. You know, and it took several moments of reflection, but we figured it out. The students were doing something new. This wasn't a topic or mode of writing, which in that moment, they had had a lot of practice. In fact, this was their first experience with annotation. And no matter how many cute smiley faces and exclamation points and question marks I was using, they were still resistant. And clearly, I needed to do a better job of introducing it to them. So like these students... We as educators are experiencing a lot of new, a lot of newness, and we want to do well. And the school year is looming ahead of us, and we want to have the answers. We want to do a good job. And what we have to do, we have to ask ourselves what we need to do in order to feel successful in the face of all of this uncertainty and newness. And one thing that has worked for me is this. Voice your frustrations. 
Like get them all out. Curse up a blue streak if you need to. And then move on to finding a solution. On the first day of school, I woke up to find all of the work that I had done over the weekend in preparation for that day needed to be replicated in seven different places that had not existed the day before. And I definitely voiced my frustration to my husband. But then I moved on to finding the solution. It is okay to be frustrated. And you have to move on to finding the solution pretty quickly. Because I look back at Brian. Remember the student who was so worried about failing on the first day of school? For him, I have to be solution-minded. For him, I can't wait for everyone to figure it out. For him, I need to find a solution and then share it with my colleagues so that they can get over that hump a little earlier than I did. And I know that they will do the same for me. We are in this together. So as we've been talking about all summer, it's about mindset. Acknowledge your feelings. Be frustrated and then move on and become solution-minded because the Bryans of the world are depending on you. And as we teach our students, it's okay to say, I don't know. Let's look into that. That happened to me two days ago. A student said, oh, ask me a question. It was about the program we were using and I didn't know the answer. I said, I don't know. And he said, I wasn't expecting that answer. I said, it's okay. We're going to figure it out together. And right after I said that, another student said, you know what? I'll go test it out and see, and I'll let the class know, Dr. Moore. And I said, excellent. It's okay to say, I don't know. Let's figure this out together. And actually that teaches kids to be solution-minded too, that everything is not going to be right in a row, that we've got to look for new ways, that we got to look for the solution together. So, you know, when I went back to Michelle's class, I acknowledged that the lesson didn't go so well, right? Remember, the kids are in it with you. They know that the lesson didn't go so well, right? So we have to look for ways to make it better. And we did that. We did that together. So be frustrated, right? And then go create a solution. You've got this. You have designed superpowers after all. And if you haven't already done so, go right now and find out your design superpower at, say it with me, michelleschmidtmore.com. And along with figuring out your design superpower, you're going to get strategies and ideas from me. The link, as always, is in the show notes. Also, listen closely. I want to hear from you. If you are interested in being a guest on Design Lessons, I want you to go to michelleschmidtmore.com slash be my guest and apply. It's a really short application. I would love to have a conversation with you. If you are doing work with your district, at your school, with your students that align with our design touchstone, then I know our community wants to hear more about it. So remember, our design touchstones are relationships and mindset, real-world opportunities. How are you connecting your students to the real world? How are you making the work they're doing real for them? And of course, critical and creative thinking. So if that's you, if you're doing something interesting, 
Probably whatever you're doing in your classroom right now, whatever you're doing in your school, some things that maybe you've put together in your district, think about being a guest on Design Lessons and go ahead and fill out that application. Also, guess what? On our next episode of Design Lessons, we will hear from Andy Schoenborn. He co-authored the book, Creating Confident Writers. And there are so many lessons to be gleaned from the conversation I had with Andy. He makes the work important for his students because he's so authentic in the invitations that he gives to them. He shares a powerful piece of writing from one of his students that's so relevant to what we're doing right now. So whether you're a teacher of writing or not, if you're looking for ways to connect with your students, if you want to see your students improve their writing, you do not want to miss this conversation with Andy. Until next time, designers. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode.